Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. From the mountains of North Idaho is a country boy with southern roots. Acuff's blend of old-school storytelling and powerful voice takes you to an unfamiliar place of honest country music. Let's give him a call. Hello? Colby, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. It's good to have you. Yeah, hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. How's um and so you guys had a you guys had a pretty serious windstorm up there last night. How how's everybody doing? You know, uh everyone's doing pretty good. There's been a couple uh you know, unfortunately there has been I think one or two deaths or more maybe. Um but yeah, I mean something like fifty fifty six thousand people uh up in this area lost power yesterday. Wow, that's that's terrible. Um you know, our thoughts are definitely with you guys and, and with the families of those people that were lost. Um, that's absolutely terrible. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you are, um, you are the very first country musician that I've had on this show. And um, there's a really specific reason I haven't had anybody yet and and, and there's a very and, and it's the same reason that you're the first and so why don't you tell us a little bit about the type of music that you do what how do you what do you how do you what genre of, of country music are you in well that's a great question and um you know i think i get this question a lot because um you know a lot of people are thrown us into like that Americana country stuff. Um, but to me, it's country music, you know? And I think the actual genre that they're calling country music has changed um, more <laughs> so than the people who are still playing country music. I, I agree. Um, you know, it's, it's it, it, you know, if you're in the car driving and, maybe you're in an area that, that you're unfamiliar with and you're scanning on the radio looking for a country channel, you, you likely could, could go right past it thinking that you've landed on a pop channel. And, right. um, you know, growing up, I, you know, country music to me, and so I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, and so country music to me was, you know, Hank, Lock, um, Hank Lachlan, Lefty Frizzell, Porter Wagner. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, oh, those are the greatest. Man. I love Lefty. That's yeah. one of my favorites of all time. And and so, you know, I heard I heard a statement yesterday that you had given recently, um, kind of talking about um I kinda actually just lost my train of thought. That's embarrassing. Um <laughs> Yeah, isn't that terrible? You know, you, you don't expect that, but it happens. And so you were um you were talking about music and and kind of what your roots were and and what you grew up listening to tell us a little bit about that because it comes out in your music yeah so uh you know I, my dad's a little bit older and so he brought me up you know i listened to a ton of flat and scrubs uh bluegrass growing up um and then he also i i've listened to a ton of 50s rock and roll uh, uh, from my dad's side and then 
uh, on my mom's side, she kind of showed me like, you know, like the Eagles and um, Bob Seger and even like Elton John. And the culmination of all those things is kind of what we put out. Right. I, you know, one of the things, and so I, I think I kind of remember what I was, where I was going with that. Um, you were talking about kind of the, the invention of, of country music and the fact that country music is, is one of the few things that, that as Americans, it's ours. And um, right. country music really is, it's, it's a story. And, and that's one of the things that's funny. It's, you know, it's a, that's what a lot of people don't like about it. You know, there's always, there's, oh, there's a, there's a dog and a pickup and a train. And, you know, these are stories. This is, this is Americana. And, and so I can yeah. under, I can kind of understand how somebody would say, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're American, they're Americana country and they're this and they're that. Um, you've used the term mountain country. What is that? Yeah. So mountain country is something that I'm going to go ahead and stick on it because I, it's a genre that doesn't exist right now. And I'm, what I'm kind of tired of is like country music is kind of, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're starting to subgenre it and they're, they're pushing a lot of other artists into these subgenres instead of like culminating them together. And so like, you know, I, I believe, you know, Tyler Childers and Culture Wall and those guys, they're singing, you know, Tyler Childers is singing about basically Appalachian music and that's, He's from the Appalachians. He's from Kentucky. Smoky Mountain stuff. That's his deal. Walter Wall sings about, you know, being in the plains and, uh, he's from Saskatchewan. And then I'm from the Rocky Mountains. And so I'm calling my stuff mountain country. I think it's pretty true to country music as a whole, but it also has, it has a very gritty kind of a Northwest Rocky, you know, kind of feeling to it. Um, but I think I don't necessarily want to subgenre myself either, but it's just one of those things where like I'm a, who knows if you don't know what your genre is, then anyone can slap a genre on you. So I'm here to tell people that I do play country music and I play mountain country. Nice. And that's the thing is, is, you know, when someone is going to invest the time to, to listen to what you, what you create or, or view what you make or, or whatever it is, um, you know, one of the first questions they're going to ask is, is obviously, well, why would I listen to you? And, right. you know, what do you do? And if you don't know what you do, um, you know, you're absolutely right. People are going to, they're going to determine for you. This is what you do. Um, you, um, you, you really are kind of a storyteller though. I, I listen to your music and, and I definitely get a sense, um, not only of you and, and maybe of, of the life that you live, but I also get a sense of, of your roots as far as your music and your influences. And, and you know, your, your song um, Life of a Rolling Stone, for instance, gives nods to, to some very specific people. You, you, you referenced Jimmy Rogers right off the bat. And then later right. on with, with Hill, Hillbilly Shakespeare, I think that initially was a nod to um, Hank Sr., Back in like forty-five, that, that is his nickname, yeah. And and you know the thing is, is a lot of people don't know that, you know. Um, yeah, so, no, I mean, those guys. I study a ton of what they did. Um, Hank Williams Senior to me, 
that song is about Hank Williams Sr., but it's also it's a dedication song to his life, but it also is dipping in and out of my life, trying to somehow I wrote the song basically when I was I was comparing my situation to what it would be like for Hank Williams situation. So I read and studied his life through and through. Um, and I ended up coming out with that song where times where I felt like I was in his shoes, like doing the same things and feeling the same way I would sing about my life. And then times that I have not experienced yet, I was dedicating that time to his life. Right. You know, there's a, I, I don't know if you've seen it or not. And if you haven't, um, there's no time like the present. There's actually a really good, um, PBS special about, um, Hank Sr. And, and I think it's a series. And so it's Ken Burns, Ken yeah. music documentary. I love yeah. that. I've seen it three times. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I do love it. You know, it's crazy. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy only had a six year career. And so six years, six years of making music and, you know, decades later, he's, he's still influencing people is, um, and so what, what influence do you think your, your music could have, you know, four or five decades from now? Is that something you think about? I try to, um, for me though, it's one step at a time, you know, I mean, we're, we got to get a little bit more of an influence, I think, to be there. But I think about, people who would have been in my exact situation, you know, 12 months, 12 to 18 months before their music started really impacting people. Um, And one thing I would say is that I hope that the mark that I can leave is to say that, I mean, I was so discouraged when I was younger, probably like when I was 18, I almost didn't want to keep doing it because I thought there was no room for someone like me in country music anymore. I, I thought I would be watered down or maybe my music was a little too, too much storytelling and a little too deep to make, to make it on that, that, you know, cutting edge stuff. But now there's this huge market for it. And it's not even the fact that there wasn't a market for it before. It's just that there was no Spotify and there was no ability for people to just look up whatever they wanted to. Right. So now it's like, I just hope that people, if there's the impact I want to get to other people from my music is one, I want to connect with them. So I want to be able to tell stories that other people can relate to. But two, I really hope that if people ever do talk about me in a third party sense, I hope that they're saying like, this is fairly revolutionary stuff where he is breaking ground into newer things. And this is a different sound and it's different and it's fresh and it's, it's got a lot of accents of older country music that we really like, but it still has a fresh feel. I agree. And you know, and that was, that was really the sense I got listening to your music. And, and so I said early on in, the, in this conversation that I, I chose you as my first country artist for a very specific reason. And so when, when I found you, I, um, I saw you there and I thought, well, let's, let's check him out and see what he's doing. And I, I went to Spotify and I've been to Spotify a lot in the last few months because I was looking for something very specific. And so I would, I would find an artist, I would go to Spotify, I would, I would play their music and it was always pop country 
It was always, yeah. you know, something that is valid, is is good, is is entertaining, and and is absolutely a niche, and and, and people love it. Um, I really wanted to. I wanted this show to be selfish. I wanted this show to be for me. And so, first and foremost, if if you're ever on my show as a musician, um, if I don't like your music, I'm probably not going to have you on because I don't want to have to listen to it. Um, yeah. And just to, <laughs> just to, just to be completely honest, um, you know, it really is selfish that way for me, but here's the thing. Um, I really wanted somebody who, who did something that I thought first and foremost was actually country as I know it. And as I grew up with, with something of their own. And, and, you know, when I listen to life of a rolling stone, um, there's, there's a little bit of, of, there's just a touch of it's a little haunting in spots, and um, and that's really good because that really really makes me think of Hank because he was kind of this this figure that historically, you know, there's just this this haunting about him. You know, he had a difficult life, and um, he he still was able to influence and impact millions of of future musicians and and listeners. Um, probably one of the the biggest impacts of all time. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, starting with Jimmy Rogers and then going on to Hank Williams and then probably like Johnny Cash, those three different, and they're all split perfectly apart from each other, but between Jimmy Rogers and Hank Williams, they set up this this foundation of what country music is, you know, so. I think the three of them, and then if you add yourself to the equation, I think the four of you, um, all kind of have this foundation and each one kind of adds their own their own experience and their own story and their own way of telling that story and um country music is really about telling an amazing story i would love to um take a second out to play life of a rolling stone i really want people to get a sense of why you were on this show and why you would be the very first country musician on the show yeah let's spin it Let's do it. I'm not known to stay very long. Just about the duration of old Jimmy Rogers song. I've been known to gamble, drinking bars. Catch myself a neon tamp following this guitar And I've gone by many names But not like my father or the Bible what I gave But it's all the same Four white walls and damn good crowds Life in the fast lane That's the way it goes in the life of a rolling stone Well, my mama called me up the other day She had a worry in her voice and I 
hay their halls and lovesick blues and stumbled my ass off stage. Audrey calling my name Back on the road Got a two-night show down to below That's the way it goes in the life of Rolling Stone Yeah, it's been hell of a year Started calling me Hillbilly Shakespeare. I got pains for my whiskey, and that's why. The Lord only knows the last time I was found dry. Head up to Ohio tonight. Radio softly weeps, I'm so lonesome I could cry. But it's all the same Four white walls, damn good crowds Life in the fast lane Feels so strange Walking around, singing the blues And shot in the Hall of Fame Back on the road This one goes high, nobody knows That's the way it goes in the life of So when I when I first found you, um, I didn't expect that, um, and that was, <laughs> I'll tell you, that was that was phenomenal. That was that was a surprise and a treat. You know, it um, it made me think. You know, hey, this is this is a guy. I have to talk to him because what he's doing is this is country music, and and it's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's and that is honestly exactly what we're shooting for you know and uh it's so fun you know my favorite part of this job is when we either someone finds our music or we share music with somebody and they get it you know just like how you're talking that is for me you know writing music and having that experience is enough to keep me in this that is so important to me well, you're you're definitely you're definitely living up to to the expectation um, that you've obviously set for yourself, and and that your fans are going to set for you. Um, <laughs> and so this is your first album. You guys have a new album coming out. Is that February fifteenth? Do I have that date right? Yes, correct. Yep. And uh, yeah, I could not be more excited for it. And so, how is that? How is that? Um, how is that album going to be released? Where is it going to be available? So it'll be available on all platforms, just like the first one. So you can find it anywhere, you know, Spotify, Apple Music. It'll be on YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Bandcamp, so on and so forth. It'll, it'll be out everywhere. Um, but we're also be, we'll have a Spotify pre-save as well as a, an Apple Music pre-save for it uh, starting January 25th. Okay. And so what is a pre-save? Uh, basically, so it helps a lot with the artist. So like we'll set up a pre-save, which would be, um, you would log into your Spotify. You have to click on my link, log into Spotify and say that you'd like to pre-save 
the album. And what it will do is it'll automatically follow me and then it will also download the album. So on the day that it releases, you'll already have the album ready to go. But what it does for us is the more pre-saves that we have, the more the better the album will do on the release, the more attention it will get. So it's really for the artist and it's also for the, the fans. Wonderful. And I will make sure. And so everybody, everybody has, has just heard that, but I will make certain to put that information in the show notes so that, you know, there's that reminder there that, Hey, you can do this. And so I, I actually follow you and I will, I will go and pre-save and make certain that, that I support that. Um, you know, and, and so Everybody today is, is, you know, everything is going digital. And so digital media has really kind of taken over. And, you know, obviously, you know, the, the upside of that is that for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, um, I love independent artists and, and, right. you know, you're an artist. And so first and foremost, you are an artist. And, and as an artist, I really want your work. I want your art. I don't want what someone thinks you sound like or thinks you should sound like or you know i don't want someone else to 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 write a song and put a put an arrangement together and and have your voice you know put their idea forth i i want your art right and um and so there is that upside of being an independent artist and and you can do what you want um what is the downsides of of digital media is there any well you know i would say that if I was a record label, I would not like it, but I'm an independent artist. And so, you know, what is the downside to the digital media platform? Well, honestly, not much because a bunch of people would tell you that, okay, well, CD sales. So now you can, it's harder to sell CDs because people just listen to your stuff on some kind of digital platform. But think about it this way, without Spotify, when there was no Spotify, and you're trying to sell mixtapes out of the back of your car in a Walmart parking lot because you don't have a record label. I mean, sure, you're making more money on the margin because CDs don't cost anything. You sell them for 10 bucks. But at face value, like, so yeah, they don't pay as much per stream as they would if you sold it on a CD. But like, you have this opportunity to where you don't have to have a record label and you can still make a huge impression on thousands of people out there. So, I mean, I would say no. I, 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 would, I would say no because I don't like to complain about something that has helped me out so much. Right. And, and so, and this is where that pre-save really starts to make sense because, you know, there's an estimated 20,000 downloads a day on Spotify. And so wafting through 20,000 people a day to, to find that one individual that is doing something that you are going to find amazing can really be difficult. And, and so word of mouth, you know, um, social media. And so you're all over social media. You, you actually posted a, a clip of the new, the new album, the new, um, and I think it was the title track. Um, just it a little, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Just a little while ago on Instagram, and so that link will be there as well because I want to direct everybody to, to your Spotify, to your Apple, to the pre-save, and so with twenty thousand, you know, drops a day, 
a pre-save makes you stand out, makes you present. And, and that's the thing. I, you know, when I talk to artists today, and pretty much, you know, with the exception of maybe one or two people that I've, I've actually talked to a couple of people that are, that are signed artists. And, right. you know, they, 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 they too use Spotify, Apple. Their music is available everywhere. And at one point in, in, their, in their career, that was, that was their start. And that's where they, that's where they rested. And, and some of them have returned to that. And, um, so you have to be present. You have to stand out. You have to be everywhere. And so the idea that you're on Bandcamp. And so I, I, I talked to somebody recently that told me, um, you know, Bandcamp is one of the, the better um, hosting sites in, in that, you know, they tend right. to, to give a nice chunk to the artist, which we really want to see. And so the flip side of, you know, Spotify and Apple and everybody else is that, you know, it's, it's expensive to press an album. It's expensive to make a CD and, you know, and if anybody can even play it, I mean, I think more people today is as odd, odd as it is probably have turntables than CD players. You know, over Christmas, we were, we, we had some DVD we wanted to play and we don't, we don't, we, you know, we had to, we had to, we had to hook up a computer and, and there's a little DVD thing that connects to the computer and, and, you know, and yeah. then plug it into the TV. And we just, we gave up and found it. We found it on, on a platform somewhere and bought it where I'm sitting there holding it in my hand. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to go through all this, this, you know, I just want to, I want to sit at my laptop. I want to pick up my phone. I want to, I want to listen to it where I want to listen to it. And that's what people are doing. And so, you're well, doing. And I also don't understand. Like, I, it's never been a secret to me. Like, you're going to make your money playing live shows and selling merchandise, and that has never been a secret in this industry. And so, people look at Spotify and they look at Apple Music and streaming and their songs. They look at it like a meal ticket, and it's not. To me, at least, you have to treat every single thing that you do like a marketing concept so everything is marketing until you step on stage and that's when you start selling your product so as far as the business side goes you know when i step on stage that's when i'm working that's when i'm actually clocking in and making the money and doing what i need to do to sell the product everything else is marketing including spotify how is um how has the pandemic affected touring well you know in the beginning of the year it sucked because we just released our first album we just had our first tour planned, and we had to cancel that along with all of our other shows. We ended up canceling about 90 to 95 shows uh, last April. So that hurt, but I live in Idaho, and Idaho started to open back up um, a little earlier than most. And so we were gigging again by June, but everything was just kind of week by week. And, you know, we've been playing, though. We've been getting out there. It just hasn't been as busy as I'd like to be, but you know, we're living in a pandemic. What are you going to do? Right. And it, and it's looking like, you know, the, and so there's a, there's a, there's a shot now and, and, you know, maybe people will, will be able to slowly start coming back out and have confidence that, that they can do that safely. And, and I think things definitely will pick up. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lasting effect and, you know, one of the huge effects that it's going to have is live venues and performers. And so, you know, we recently, we recently did a show about that and, and the effects that this is having and the lasting effects that this is having. And, um, 
Right. You know, so Spotify and Apple and so forth, Bandcamp, in the meantime, um, you know, can can help support and at least um, absolutely market and, and make you known and make people aware that you exist. And, and that's really, you know, that's the point of this show is is making sure that people that don't know you get to meet you and, and get to hear your music. Um, yeah, no, and I'm pretty new to the podcast game. I'm not going to lie, but one thing I've absolutely enjoyed the hell out of it. I love it because it's, I never get time to talk about these things, especially on a platform. You know what I mean? It's something that I talk about with my band or whoever asked. And, you know, when I'm at a show after the show, we just, you know, it's just a lot of hearsay talk stuff, but it's, it's pretty rare that I get to really dive into what we've done. And so I, I just really, I like the concept and it's awesome for me to just kind of dump all this information and I don't know, I've just really enjoyed it. We, we should almost be sitting at a bar somewhere drinking a beer <laughs> and just chatting right now. And um, yeah. you, I, I saw on Instagram, I, I think sometime this last week, there was a, there was a photo of, a, and, and so it was your post, there was a photo of a, of a bar top and a, and a beer sitting there and I thought, you know, I, um, I wonder if he got that after a show, if, um, if he purchased that or if, 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 you know, a fan bought that for him and, um, I saw the beer sitting there and I thought, you know, this guy deserves that beer. He, he has earned <laughs> that beer. You know what I mean? And so yeah, now I'm oh sitting yeah. here and we're talking and, and we should be sitting at a bar somewhere. There should be some peanut shells on the floor and we should have a couple <laughs> of beers and, and, and so if we were doing that and there was anybody at all that could be on the stage entertaining us, who would that be? Ooh. Dang, that's a good one. There's so many good artists out there. Someone I've always wanted to see live and I haven't though is uh Sturgill Simpson. I would I would love to go see him. You have gotta be kidding me. I love- have you ever seen him? No, I have not. I love Sturgill Simpson, and so you know he did a he did that song, um, some show. What was the movie? I don't know if you've seen the movie. Uh, it was a movie about zombies with um, Bill Murray. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a um, uh, Zombieland? No, no, it was another one. Um, I actually, oh, I've seen it. It was on HBO Plus or something like that. But anyway, um. The show in the movie in and of itself sucked. It was a horrible movie. It was way don't buy it. You know, if you, if you yeah. get it free somewhere, you know. But they consistently throughout the entire movie they play this this song by Sturgill Simpson and um and I love Sturgill and and there's you know there was something when I was listening to you at one point earlier today I was thinking he kind of reminds me of Sturgill in a way. Um you know, the thing about Sturzel Simpson is he's really kind of got, you know, that, you know, you really, he, he could have been playing 50 years ago and, right. and been relevant and been successful. Um, and what's funny is, is he might've been more popular 50 years ago than he is today. He's kind of, he's kind of underground. He's not, um, yeah, but I, I would like him to be more popular. Out of all the underground, he kind of leads that underground movement, though. So he's kind of like the head of that, you know. And I think that's a big part of that song, You Can Have the Crown, that he sings. You know, it's kind of like he's the king of the underground, but it's really, you know, not exactly the king of anything 
important. But to me, it is. You know, to me, it's huge. Uh, I mean, he's my most listened to artist by far. I was in the point zero zero one percent of people that listened to Sergio Simpson last year. Wow, that um, it's it's crazy. You know, the numbers of of because I listen to him and I love him and um, you know, and I actually I actually and so I live I live in the Kansas City area and so a, a few right. years ago. I was in a coffee shop, and so it was a uh, it was kind of a upscale, trendy kind of a poshy type of place. Yeah, and and so, but the baristas in there determine what gets played on their on the on their speaker. And so I'm sitting there listening to this this music, and I'm thinking, you know, all of a sudden I I start listening, and I'm like, what mm-hmm. the hell am I listening to? And so I break out Shazam. Because I want to know who this is, because you know right. I, I want to listen to it again, and um, and so it was Sturgill Simpson, and I had no idea who he was, um, and so I you know I downloaded the entire album, listened to it, fell in love, and then I'm sitting there thinking, you know I just I just found this in this weird posh little upscale coffee shop, and um, it was absolutely amazing, you know you just never know what will resonate with somebody and where and and that's what's amazing about music is that you know you you definitely could could make music with a very specific demographic in mind and you know you could reach whoever right i mean that's the other thing that's been so awesome for me is like you know we in a year so it's it's been tomorrow will be the actual anniversary from when life of rolling stone released um and so that'll be 365 days since it released. And it's crazy to me that, you know, we reached about 50, 50 to 60,000 listeners just on Spotify. And it's just crazy to me that, you know, it's like I could go somewhere and I have not met that person or like, I don't know those people. And so meeting those people for the first time is so much fun for me. And like right now we're mostly just, you know, meeting them like on social media platforms and stuff, just for like they're reaching out and telling us how they found us. But it's still so cool. So I mean, if you ever do have that experience with my music, please reach out to me. You know, just for whoever's listening out there, if if you like it, reach out to me. And let me know because I I will definitely message you back. I I absolutely love to talk uh, to people who have discovered the music. Well, one of the one of the one of the the perks that we have on on this show is that. Our, our guests can, and so they can't call in live. I, I probably could set that up, but I'm not going to. I think it would mm. be, be more than I want to deal with. But, um, and so our listeners can call in and, and ask a question, leave a comment, um, you know, talk about your music, anything that they want. And, and we absolutely encourage that because one of the things that, and so this is never, never call me again podcast. And so the, the whole premise of that is that we, we sit down as complete strangers and we talk about who you are and what you do. And, and we shoot the shit. We talk about that beer on the counter and, and Sturgill yeah. Simpson playing. And at the end of the conversation, you know, there's a possibility, you know, can I call you again? And, um, and so in the event that I can call you again, I'd like to have those those comments and those questions from listeners to, 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 to relay to you the next time you come back. And so when you come back, you know, we can play those, we can ask the questions, and we can communicate directly to them. 
Yeah, no, of course. I mean, and I, yeah, I think it goes without being said, you can always call me again. <laughs> awesome. I would now, love to. And, love and to that, that, and that question wasn't supposed to be until the end, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of break with tradition here. Since you have held up tradition with country music so well, I guess we can, we can break with <laughs> tradition there a little bit. And so well, you, you. <laughs> you have this other song and, and so I actually, I've had to listen to this song several times. It, um, you know, it, um, I like the song a lot. And, and here's the thing is, is there's, there's kind of this, almost this kind of Toby Keith vibe to it of, of, it sounds like something he would say. It doesn't sound like him, but it just, you're, you're listening to it and you're, and it's almost a, a I love this bar kind of vibe to it. Um, and that's yeah. Moscow drinking team. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me about Moscow drinking team. Well, so I went to school at University of Idaho for college, and while I was down there, you know, it's in Moscow, Idaho, and it's something that we talk about a ton is the Moscow drinking team, and it was just thrown around, and there was, like, some shirts that were made, and, you know, it was just always something, like, if you needed a beer league softball team name, you're probably going to be the Moscow drinking team or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's a college in a smaller community little farm town community and it's it's a really fun college um but i wrote that song called the moscow drinking team just to play for my buddies and it's just about all the dumbass shit that we used to do you know and um i played it for them and they're like dude you got you got to put that on an album you got to record that and i was honestly at first i was a little i i was a little bit hesitant to just because it it really exposes a lot and it talks a lot of trash on like Boise State, and I was a little worried with backlash. But I tell you what, releasing that song—I mean, it was the best decision of my life. You know, it—it it, it was the best, by far, none the best uh, played song on the album, um, and it's become kind of a drinking anthem now. Uh, people play it all the time nice. uh, for parties and tailgates and whatever. And it, people, and even like people from Boise State, played all the time. It's just had—it's had such a a great response. So, um, yeah, honestly, it, it, yeah, one of my, one of the better decisions I ever made. I, um, I'm really, and, and I love this song and I, I'm really glad you did it. I'm, I'm really curious to see. And so every time I do a show and I release it, um, people reach out and, and, you know, they want to know more about the artist or, you know, or they, they want to talk about the music. And I've got, a, I've got a few people that are, are pretty regular and, you mm -hmm. know, they, they always have these questions and, and comments. And I love to hear what their takes are on, on different songs. And so I, w I am very curious to see um, what people will, how people will respond to your music and, and to this song in particular. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> yeah, good. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the dream Part of one and only Moscow drinking team Go to Pullman on Tuesday nights Yeah, you ought to see it, man, it's quite a sight We drink AMFs out of a fishbowl One at a time Yeah, the bartender tried to cut me off after five And I tried to tell him that I was fine So we had ourselves a little compromise 
This point it's about 10.45 and I'm at the bar getting breathalyzed While the Pullman kids are getting sick outside The bartender couldn't believe his eyes He said, well son, I guess you're right According to this, you're actually fine to drive So raise your glass and have a drink with me Here's to the vandals and the crowd I'll just out there living the drink Part of one and only Moscow drinking team On Wednesday nights you can find us at Mingles Whether you are taken or single Drinking vandalizers Two away at a time Yeah, on Thursday nights, yeah, we shut down the club And for ladies, well, that's just half-off tubs And for boys, well, that's enough to keep us around On the weekends, I don't know where I'll be, but I'm almost certain I can guarantee you can find me down at 727 Elm Street. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the vandals and the crowd. All just out there living the drink. Part of one and only Moscow drinking team. One time I went down to BSU See my friends from high school See what these Broncos were all about These Broncos turned to asses real fast When me and my buddies met a guy named Chad He challenged us to go drink for drink with them Well it was one round, two round, three through nine Chad and his buddies weren't looking so fine So I said, hey bartender, how about one more? Well, that tenth shot hit him like an old Mack truck And we decided to take our training wheels off And we tucked them in right there Barroom floor Well, we tucked them in And I guess we had ten more So raise your glass And have a drink with me Here's to the vandals in the crowd All just out there Living the dream Part of one and only Moscow drinking team. You, you guys should, um, you should, if you, if you play that live somewhere, you should, you should charge an upcharge to, to the bar. Um, cause that song, I think <laughs> that song will make beer sales go up. Yeah, no, I mean, we, oh, yeah, we, we play that song down in Moscow. I have actually, I have a show tomorrow night in Moscow, the anniversary show basically for when we release the album. And when we play that song down there, it is really fun. <laughs> yeah. They're going to go nuts. <laughs> and, and so it's a good time. Yeah. yeah and everybody is going to run up to the bar and everybody's going to want to have a drink in hand as soon as it's going and they're going to want a fresh drink. And so just something to keep in mind. Um, maybe ask for a little bit more for the show. Um, what's, what's a vandalizer? A vandalizer. Oh God. So yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, uh, that's very U of I, you know, inside stuff in there. Uh, and one of them is a vandalizer. So the, the, uh, the moth or the mascot for university of Idaho is a vandal. And there's this bar called mingles, which I also talked about. Um, which is where, yeah, where the song, uh, where that part takes place. But they make this drink called a vandalizer. And it is a, 
it is a revved up Long Island iced tea, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, and but so. We, well, I was just so the two at a time thing is an inside joke uh, for being down in Moscow because uh, in Moscow all the bars are five dollar minimum on credit cards, and on Wednesday night, uh, Mingles has this special where you can get two vandalizers for five bucks. So you spend five bucks. Usually, you put a card on and you get two at a time because of the five dollar minimum. <laughs> wow yeah and so yeah definitely by the time you play this song people will um people will be ready to party for sure um <laughs> yeah. yeah wow and so you've got the new album coming out and so that's gonna that's gonna be the 15th and, and you guys will be touring with that album correct that is the plan yeah we're gonna be wherever we can you know, I mean, uh, my hope is that what we're going to do is we'll probably stick up here in the Northwest for, for the summer. We'll play all around it's anywhere we can between Montana, Idaho, if we can get into Washington, just anywhere we can possibly go, we'll, we'll probably go play. And then next fall, looking at whatever's happening, I think we're going to try to shoot for some, uh, some bigger goals. You know, maybe we'll probably get a tour bus and maybe make our way kind of towards the Midwest and uh, Southeast. Well, if you, if you end up in the Midwest somewhere, um, somewhere, you know, within, you know, a hundred miles or two, um, you definitely let me know. Cause I would, I would love to come see the show and um, maybe you can, you can explain to the bartender how to make a vandalizer so I can, you know, just so I can toast you if you, if you play Moscow, play Moscow drinking team. Yeah, no, I think I can get it done. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I, that, that's kind of the plan. So, you know, um, the new album, though, I, I can't wait to tour on it. I can't wait. There's there's so many, yeah, it, it's a little bit more mature than our last album is what I would call it. What's your What's your favorite track off the new album? Uh, there's a song called Dying Breed that I really like, and there's also a song called Tip Jar on there. Those two are my favorites. I wrote those songs for myself, you know. Nice. And and what are what are what are, can you tell us what they're about? Is that is that giving away too much? No, of course. I, I, I can talk about the new album. That's totally fine. Um The Dying Breed I wrote basically it's just about how sometimes I've always been called an old uh, an old soul. I've always felt just you know, now like an outsider, I've always had great friends and, you know, I don't have any problems like that way, but I just always felt a little bit different. And I've always felt like it's really hard to find people who have that same mentality. And so I wrote a song called Dying Breed and it just is about me and how I feel like, you know, that's just, I just kind of feel like it's, I'm a part of that dying breed. I just feel like, you know, one of the last buffalo on the plains or something. <laughs> Well, I, I think with your music, you're you're definitely one of the last buffalo on the plains. You know, um, it's um, it's very reminiscent of of days past, and that's for sure. Yeah, no, and that's kind of what we're shooting for. And like the next album is a little bit more. So like we have we have drums in the album. I I, I bought a mandolin and learned how to play it. So there's drums, mandolin, guitar. Still, like, there's some songs that don't have drums still, and it's very reminiscent of our first album. 
and then there's some songs that give you a little bit more. And that's kind of what we were shooting for. We wanted it to be a little bit more mature, a little bit heavier. Um, and we've done, I think we've done exactly what we wanted to do with it. Did you teach yourself how to play the mandolin? I did. Yeah, I learned how to play it in two weeks. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, that's it's unbelievable. It's pretty similar to guitar, to be right. fair. You know, I'm not, I didn't learn how to like play the flute or something completely different. But yeah, it was a challenge for sure. Yeah, I can't play either. And so to me, that's amazing. Um, I, I had a guest not too long ago that he plays 14 instruments. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know that, you know, give me a couple of drinks, maybe a vandalizer. I don't know that I could name 14 instruments, let alone, you know, play 14 <laughs> instruments. And to me, I, I don't know. I just think that's amazing that even if it is similar that you could pick it up because the thing is, is, is it really produces a very different sound to, you know, if you, if you have a, if, if your ear is at all a palate, um, there, def there definitely are some some very peculiar nu nuances from one instrument to the next, and and so the idea that you know, yeah, you can play it. Can you play it well? And if you can play it well enough to have the confidence to put it on your sophomore album, that's saying something in two weeks. Yeah, no, it it, it ended up working out. And I originally I wanted to buy a banjo and how to play it, and I'm super happy I didn't because I could not have gotten that done in two weeks. And basically how that worked out is I walked into a music store where I live and I said, do you have any banjos? And they said, no, <laughs> we have one. It's a four string banjo from like 1865 and it's a bunch of money. I'm like, well, I don't want that. And then I found this mandolin and it was just sitting there, just an old Fender mandolin. And it was like a hundred bucks. So I bought it and it was the best decision ever. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, Mountain Country, with, with a name like, with, with a, you know, if, if, if you're mount, Mountain Country, you kind of have to have a banjo, a mandolin. You have to have something. Um, right. I wanted, I just wanted that little bit of high treble timber in there, you know. I, it was just something that we were missing. And, um, you know, another part of this, though, that I will say is, like, this album that we made, so the first album we made with three guys, it was me, a bass player, and then our producer who played guitar uh, on all the tracks as well as the piano tracks. And then this time we have twice as many instruments, but we <laughs> use the same amount of people. <laughs> so, so I played drums uh, on most of the tracks, mandolin and guitar, and then the producer plays guitar and, and the piano, and then the bass player sang low bass harmony and played the bass. Now, you can play the piano, too, though, right? I can, yeah. I mean, I, it, it was my first instrument, and I can... Uh, here's, how, here's how I play the piano, and it's a good story to kind of break into that. I, I, re I played from 5 to 10 or so, and but I, I quit for a long time. And in college, in the fraternity house that I was in, they had this old piano downstairs. And so I just go down there and like started to reteach myself how to play piano. But I only taught myself, I can only remember or figure out how to really play in the key of C, which is the most common key on the piano. So that summer, I go to some kind of highbrow function thing and uh, everyone's walking around. I don't know anybody there. I really shouldn't be there. I was just kind of out of my element, you know. And so there's a piano there. So I just sat down and started plinking away on the keys basically and just playing the key of C just real slow and it just it sounds good but it's not hard 
this guy walks by and there's this flower vase sitting on the piano and the guy throws money in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm here. I'm invited here. I'm not hired to play the piano, but I sat there and made about 30 bucks and then I went back to the party. <laughs> did you, did you spend it on beer? Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And so did it, did it take you more than two weeks to learn to pay, play the piano? Yeah, that took forever. Slacker. It took me that semester. Well, God, it's a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. And so, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. So you you learned to play the mandolin so that you could include it into an album. Um, kind of slacked on the on the piano, but hey, I mean, you know, if nothing else, you've you've always got a side gig. You can you hey, maybe you could do that at weddings. Like you you attend the wedding. Maybe you're the best man, but you play the piano. Um, yeah, exactly. while you're there, and, Hey, you get Uber money. You can have, you can have all the vandalizers you want, play, play a couple songs on the piano and you've got Uber money to get home. Um, exactly. Hey, that's I can't, you can't request anything either. You can't request a song if I'm playing the piano. It's you can play just, whatever you want. Sure. Getting what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And so when, um, after this album comes out and, and we've given it some time to, to see how it is and, and get you back out there touring. Um, once you, once you are able to settle down, get a break, get back home, I don't want to talk to you immediately. I want you to, to take a break, you know, have some time for yourself with your family and, and your friends, have drink a couple of vandalizers. I'd like it if you, you possibly could learn how to play a new instrument between now and then as well so that we have that to talk about. Um, I would love to have you back. Yeah, I would be honored to come back. I had a blast. This is great. So I can still call you again? You can always call me again. I appreciate that. And so I wish you the most the most luck this year. Um, I think you guys are amazing. Um, the album is, and so the sophomore, or the, the, the first album was just unbelievable. I'm assuming that this album is is going to be equally as good. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and talking to you and, and exploring your music and your life. If you if you make hey. it to the Midwest, um, let's let's find a place to to have a vandalizer and let's absolutely talk again soon. Hey, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>